All right, we're live, and, uh, and glad for anybody who wanted to join us is here. Uh, maybe people will start filtering in, but um, why don't we get started with the uh, with our theme song, shall we? Go for it. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I am the white Ricardo Montalban. (laughs) My name is Stephanie, and I'm well-loved. And just so you know, we're a member of the DC TV Talk Network. Check out DC TV Talk for all your DC TV podcasting needs. That's dctvtalk.com. Okay, so we're back for our second episode of Season 4, and we got like a kind of a straight-up case, but some mythology building in the background. It's it's a little lighter episode than it was uh, last week. I was kind of (laughs) happy. Yeah. Although although the mythology does kind of stretch out a bit with the coyotes. We learn uh-huh. a little, little bit more about what's going on. So, um, uh, unfortunately, I'm. I wish people would be tuning into this show because it is the best zombie show on TV. Um, <laughs> it's the only zombie TV show you should watch. Seriously, I mean, what a mess uh, that other show is. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be the other one, but <sighs> it could be so much better. Let me uh, write that show. I'm yeah. a terrible writer. I could yeah. write a better show. And people w- love it. Why do people love, love it. it so much? I would love it if A, uh, uh, Rob Thomas wrote an episode of that other show. <laughs> <laughs> or B, we had the ratings. Because uh, <laughs> the ratings are, are, are plummeting. And I, I kind of noticed it when um, I was on Twitter during the episode. Not a lot of people were tweeting, you know, um, we really got to rally for iZombie if we want it to uh, hit season five. So, and just to give you some actual numbers, we had a point three for the premiere. Point three. What does and that mean? That was a point three share. You know the ratings. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember ratings. I know, but what, <laughs> I, what does I can't remember what point three means. A, like how many million viewers? Uh, I didn't get a number of the millions of viewers, um, but uh, because I so point three is not good. Point three is not good. We were usually like in point five territory, like last season. Oh, and it's not. And point five is not that good. No, and <laughs> and this past week point two. We were point two, and wow. I did see the the viewer count on that. Um, I can't remember, but it was a uh, it was uh, uh, less than. Um, Less than a million uh, people mm-hmm. watching. So, um, oh, we have somebody in the in the chat room. Um, Livesmore says, "I feel like we're still safe." Jane the Virgin has similar ratings. Well, that's good. Um, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm hoping with the additional night that we're going to get the CW is going to be um, airing original programming on Sunday nights starting next season. That perhaps iZombie will have more of a chance. Mm-hmm. There'll be more slots. Yeah, excuse me? More time slots. There'll be more time slots open. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's the... Sorry. Kind of, what, what? I just got a TV time announcement that Supernatural is about to start. Oh, um, you're, you're going to have to wait. Um, but uh, it's good you mentioned TV time because... 
<laughs> we, we, they are, uh, are, are partners with us. And uh, if you want to uh, listen to our show uh, while joining a global community of TV watchers, uh, download the TV Time app. And we're going to have some feedback from them um, during the feedback section. But, Steph, we forgot to mention our last episode was our 100th. Wow. Yeah. 100, 100 iZombie episodes. 100 iZombie podcast episodes. We haven't gotten to actual iZombie episodes. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how much we podcast. Um, but uh, I do want to uh, say, folks, if you want to give us a little bit of a pat on the back, you know, uh, if you're still listening, give us a little a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Maybe look a little five-star review. Um, if you want to do lower, just, you know, email us at izombiepodcast at gmail.com and tell us what we're doing wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> if you want to leave us a nice message, you know, a pat on the back, whatever. Um, yeah, five-star review on Apple Podcasts would be amazing. And uh, we do have a couple of new reviews, you know, just to take it all in. I was really happy to receive these. Um, let's see. How about I read the first one? Go um, for it. Uh, this is from Groves M11. Uh, it says, Robin and Steph are a fantastic podcast team. I started binging this show just so I could listen to them podcast about it. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. They're hilarious and very friendly. I feel as though I am listening to two of my friends talk about iZombie. I often find myself thinking, I can't wait to hear what Robin and Steph think while watching <laughs> every episode. How weird is that? Somebody's like... Oh. <laughs> Can't wait to hear Rob's. Yeah. Uh, the guests they have on are incredible and definitely add to an already great podcast. Looking forward to listening along with them for season four. Thank you, Groves M11. Uh, <laughs> and that was a five star review. So super appreciate okay. that. Yeah, thanks. Okay, here's another one by X Furry. X Furry? X Fury, maybe? X Fury? Okay. Uh, it's a five star. Uh, it says, I'm, I'm so happy I found this podcast. I was wanting to do one myself for a while. And when doing research, found Robin and Steph currently going through the the uh, backlog of episodes and every single one is gold. They, are, they aren't too critical and don't spend all their time gushing about the show. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, you don't want to hear somebody put down the show that you love. But then again, yeah. you don't want to hear somebody just go on and on about you know, and not really say anything substantively. That's a good word. Substantial. That's a good word. No, terrible. Uh, Okay, (laughs) so let me finish this review before I... uh, They're not too critical and don't spend all their time gushing about the show. It's the perfect balance, and they tend to have the same opinions I do. They also seem to be very involved with their listeners, and I really appreciate that. Keep up the great work, and I cannot... Wait to spend the entire next season with you both. Wow, that's awesome! Thank you, X Fury. Thanks, X Fury. Or X Furry. Maybe maybe this person's like an X Furry. Like, <laughs> maybe, like plus, maybe, I was yeah, into the maybe. furry scene, but now I'm now I'm done with it. Yeah, maybe know? it was like those costumes were too hot. Yeah, so. it does get hot. I'm sure. Um. Anyway, <laughs> thanks again. <laughs> now we're done patting each other on the back, and uh, up next is our episode discussion of Blue Bloody. Uh, written by Dean Laurie, new new writer on the on the show. Um, this guy was uh, most recently on Powerless, uh, Arrested Development, uh, like original a recipe, original Arrested Development. Uh, kind of half and half. He he came in during the third season. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the crazy ones. Remember SMG and Robin Williams? That one. Yep. 
And uh, he's got a bit of a odd zombie connection already before he even joined the show. He had written uh, a script for Madman, which is uh, another Mike Allred comic book, a very, you know, a very famous like cult one. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess it didn't get produced. But eh, who knows? Maybe he's got one in the future. But uh, welcome mm-hmm. to iZombie, Dean Laurie. Um, and uh, I'm telling you, if there's, uh, if there's anything that Dean seemed to have brought to this episode, it is the spirit of Lucille Bluth. Uh, <laughs> Liv is uh, very Lucille <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. But first, before we get into that, we should talk about uh, – the prophet. Let's talk about the prophet scenes. So overall, what did you think of uh, what's going on with Angus this week? Well, usually when when shows bring in religion, it makes me uncomfortable and I really don't like it because I don't know if they're going to be like mocking religion mm-hmm. or how the, they're going to. But this seems to be um, it, how it relates to the zombie, you know, to the zombie story, it relates well, and uh, what Angus, you know, he's got to have a role in this society, and mm-hmm. so this uh, the religious angle is because I was like, what is he up to? What is his? Yeah. What's his goal? What is is this? Um, is this fake? You know, is yeah. it? You, is this for real? You, I mean, he yes, seems to I act think like a because because I think the time in the whale that was hell. <laughs> it, it made uh, you know uh, this. It, it caused some. I think this, that's the his time in whale that was this, that is hell caused this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He went completely crazy, and you know he starved, so that probably drove him. He's probably uh, he probably was very close to becoming Romero, but then uh, got pulled out of the well. Mm. Um. So yeah, we see he's like clean shaven now. He's he's had a bath. It looks like, but he's still wearing the robes that the he slaughtered the preacher in. <laughs> yeah, because there's the blood splatter on it a little yeah. bit. And I love this first scene where like he he's got this congregation and they all have a vision together. So it's almost like you know they're all filled with the Holy Spirit at one time. You know, like we know exactly what to do now. And they must, they mm-hmm. must have like the brains of a, like a brain dealer or something. Cause that's where they storm off to. And I like the little needle drop here. Uh, Hosier's take me to church. Really oh yeah. Really well in the scene. You don't like that song. I don't even know that song. You I've don't. Never, whoa, wait, what? I never you listened don't to know, Hosier. Hosier. You don't know this song. I don't know music. And I know this song. <laughs> Bob and Doug McKenzie used to call each other Hosier's. Oh wait, no, it's posers. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think it, it it really you know brought up the uh, you know how epic it is of them all like storming out of the church together. Yeah, course, because the same kind of climaxes, it kind of crescendos. Yeah. yeah. So we see our buddy uh, Russ Roche, the the black market Fillmore Graves guy. Um, oh, the 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 Shakespeare guy from last week. <laughs> yeah. And he gets rid of um, he gets rid of a dealer. I, and uh, yeah, at this point, I was very confused, you know. And it kind of goes throughout the entire episode. I, I'm thinking, like, are am I going to be told when the zombie when there's zombies around? Like, I wasn't sure if this dealer was a zombie because he got stabbed, and then he pulled the you know the knife out or glass or something out of his stomach. But then he was the one that got sacrificed, and they bashed his brain in, and with the other dealers. So, are the dealers humans? I, 
I'm really, I'm really kind of confused on who's a zombie and who's a human. And it, it sucks that, you know, I mean, it works, it worked really well in the first couple seasons, but it kind of sucks now that, you know, tanning and dying is a thing. So we really don't know, like, unless they're like not tanning or dying or if they're just like literally eating brains in front of us, who's a zombie yeah. and who's a human? Cause I wasn't yeah. sure. I was like, so what's going on here? Like, are they killing their own or are they killing humans and taking their brains? Uh, yeah. The dealer was played by Johnny Gorbani, um, and he just he stood out to me because I looked up an IMDb, and he uh, he was on the Supergirl episode Ace Reporter, which uh, guest starred Raul Coley. So, oh. I'm sure um, I watched that episode. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, but <laughs> just so you know, I I did consult my Bible this week, Steph, mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't sure what Luker was when he was talking about Luker to the dealer. And uh, it was really interesting when I looked this up because um, he says the Lord doesn't need your filthy, filthy lucre thief. And so I looked this up and uh, it's from First Timothy it says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop must be then must be blameless. The husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that rule, that ruleth well his own house. <laughs> Notice oh, well, I, I didn't know well in there. <laughs> you did good because I never I, I didn't pick up on that word. Yeah, Luker. I had no idea what that was. I was like, is he calling him a looker? Like, he's <laughs> kind of good looking. <laughs> um, so, but I just thought it was interesting because, it, you know, it's from these verses of like a, what a bishop should be should do as a leader of his church, you know, and um, and it had the word well in it. <laughs> so, ah. what. All right. So, yeah, next we see Angus on the back of a truck bed. He's. Throwing brains to everybody. He must have got, uh, harvested brains from these dealers. So that's making me think that those were all humans there. Uh-huh. And that's why he's giving out the brains to all these zombies. And uh, we see this wee little zombie girl. <laughs> and she's got change in her hand. Like, can I buy some brains? <laughs> yeah. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> um and yeah, it, the word gets out for Angus's church. And when we see at the end, there's this like brain communion going on and the place is completely packed and everybody's just kind of eager to follow Angus now. Yeah, because I, I have the feeling like before, you know, when he goes into the church, the preacher, the bishop, pastor, whatever is saying, you know, zombies are welcome here. But yeah. were there any zombies in the audience? Was well, he the first? Zombies. They were. So yeah, the preacher was it on the on the the preacher's brains. Oh, I thought more zombies were coming there because of Angus. I thought he was, but but more are now mm-hmm. than before. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, it's packed. It's a packed house um, at the end. And uh, I don't know. I I kind of was thinking to myself, like, okay, so we're used to Angus being completely evil, right? And, and uh, you know, because we're always usually rooting for Blaine, but now he's out. Zombies are starving. They're going through this horrible thing and being treated terribly. And, uh, you know, this whole quarantine government and... uh, He's feeding zombies. He's He's doing a benevolent thing. Yeah. He's not asking for anything other than to just be there with... I mean, and and taking on these dealers. But he's killing humans. He's killing humans. 
Yes, but still, they're, they're would feel more off of the the starvation of these zombies. But would Fillmore Graves look uh, down on that wood? Fillmore Graves yeah. arrest him and put him in deep freeze, or yeah. uh, bash his head under the guillotine? But that is that is uh, mortal law right there. That's not God's law. <laughs> uh. you know? And and exactly, it's not like. We we definitely don't look at Fillmore Graves like oh yeah well they're doing good because <laughs> they're not, mm-hmm. they they caused this they're trying to trying to stay on top of this stuff but uh, yeah I, I I don't know I don't know if anybody's good in this you know unless except for our like you know main characters <laughs> so I don't know I guess we'll see where Angus's journey goes uh, so we spent enough time on that we should talk about the case well the case <laughs> you know. I mean, of course, uh, live as, you know, with the the rich lady taking on her brain, her personality is funny, but, you know, who really cares about who killed the woman? <laughs> but yeah. just that it leads to the coyote and, uh, you know, that, w- that was the interesting part. Mm-hmm. The, the part of, was it the chauffeur, the gardener, or the cook? Who cares? Yeah. I, uh, I... <laughs> I'm uh I was kind of put off a little bit, not put off in a bad way. I don't know. I you know as this case was starting and we had this like luxurious golf course and you know everybody's going along um, with their business. I'm I'm thinking to myself like this is like a quarantine city and like I just don't understand how everything works so well. I guess it's just for the rich, you know, they spend a lot of money to have this lifestyle. And again. I'm looking at these all these people on this golf course, there's servants, uh, there's helpers, movers, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, who's a zombie? And then we have these three suspects. I'm like, okay, is one of them a zombie? <laughs> Look, everybody, oh. I'm like, who's a zombie? Because they're everywhere now. Like, it's, you know, it's not like zombies are a, a product of somebody getting scratched or going to the wrong party. Like, half of Seattle got, like, immunized or, you know, vaccinated with the zombie virus. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so it's so weird to be like in this, you know, in this part of the world where there's, you know, it's just humans, or at least I'm assuming that we're just supposed to see humans here. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I didn't, I didn't think about it. <laughs> I know. I just think too much. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we have this like gossipy, gross lady, like she's just, ugh. and, uh, and then she gets a golf ball to the eye. <laughs> um, so, you know, we have uh, we have our crime scene and uh, some behind the scenes stuff. I guess when they were filming uh, the night scenes for the the crime scene, when they were looking for the golf ball gun, that there there ended up being a bear on the golf course. <laughs> it really, freaked, it freaked everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, I guess nobody got mauled. So we would have heard about it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was a little suspicious of the caddy at first. He seemed a bit too helpful. He was just like, oh, this it's over here. This is what's going on here. And it, you know, oh, it would probably be this or that. Um, but I guess he wasn't a suspect at all, but they did pull a suit of armor out of the little, uh, pond they had there. And, uh, they, they said like, who brings a suit of armor to play golf? And I'm thinking to myself, like, is this like a joke that's going to, um, drop at the end of the episode, or are we going to find anything out towards the end, like something involving with a, a suit of armor? Uh, <laughs> you know, or was it just some random thing that's out of place that they just put there to be funny? <laughs> just like when you pull things out of 
a pond. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was funny. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Liv gets martini brain, which uh, I got to say my wife was a fan of. She's like, ah. <laughs> Although to me, I was like, is that enough brain? Really? Like, it's just like little two little pieces. I have a, I have to assume like there's like she must have had like brain pate on the side or something. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a martini. I, I had a Cosmo one time, a Cosmopolitan. And it has it's big. It's a it's vodka. And I'm not crazy about vodka. What's in a martini? It's like vermouth. Yeah, gin. Gin. Um, I don't know. It, I, <laughs> my wife's been taking me to this martini bar uh, a couple times, and I am I don't know crap about anything, but I'm a James Bond fan, so I immediately was like, I will have the Vesper martini shaken, not stirred. And the <laughs> bartender was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll humor you. It, it's bitter as hell, but I don't know. It... it um, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I think if if it stays like really really cold, it's it's uh, it just feels uh-huh. like it's going down. I don't know. So uh, here's when Liv climbs into Clive's back seat, and she's got the <laughs> hairstyle. She's got the, the she has the helmet hair, <laughs> <laughs> and she's casually racist. <laughs> Yeah, calling him a goat right off the bat. That was kind of weird. And then trying to look for the privacy divider. Yeah, this is a this this brain. I you know I, I'm I'm thinking like oh, I hope like next week she's got more of a kinder brain because you know last week I was like oh god zombie racist and uh, all he's doing is talking like the only kind stuff he's talking about is uh, about how great the the Seahawks are and in this she's just like looking down her nose at everybody and uh, I mean there's some really um, like really funny stuff that. Um, Sticks out from it. Uh, oh my god, the Lonnie is, Anderson. Uh, the Lonnie, what is the Lonnie Anderson? I need to know this. Please. Eyes on the podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You, know, how the you know what the Lonnie Anderson the, is, right? And how the driver looks no? like Ricardo Montalban. Like, who thinks <laughs> about these people these days? You know what I mean? Like, these these names are not on the tip of your tongue These in this day and age. Yeah, Only well, old people think like that. We have our fun little intros we do at the at the beginning, and I was almost thinking about introducing you, saying, "This is my partner, Steph Smith. You might remember her as the star of Murder She Wrote," because <laughs> 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 that was a great line. <clears throat> and yeah, Liv just complaining about her knees and her hips, and, uh, <laughs> and when she walked away from <laughs> from Major, oh, she was oh. walking just like an old lady. <laughs> uh, that's so funny, and the candy and just. <laughs> But uh, yeah, everybody, everybody they talk to uh, is uh, all they love Mrs. Brink. Yeah, That's why just... did they? I guess because they knew that they were going to get. Oh, no, yeah. only yeah. the only the cook knew that they were get that they would get some money. I think I either that or she told them all. I don't know. You know. Okay, so they're trying because I was like, why are they? Saying things about her that's not true, <laughs> yeah. but I so I uh, then I it. took it as <laughs> they're trying to they don't want to look suspicious. They don't want to say, "Oh yeah, we hated her. Uh-huh. She was a terrible human being." Because then uh, the police would be suspicious that they wanted her dead. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I 
I, I thought the, the whole uh, Titanic joke was funny. Um, actually, uh, our, our friend Liv's, Livesmore, who's in the chat room, wrote, wrote it down for me, thankfully. She, uh, she wore that necklace on special occasions. Really? I thought it sank to the bottom of the sea with the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, I realized when they started trying to get into her safe, I was like, oh, Mrs. Brinks, like Brinks armored trucks and, you know, like that. Ah. Uh, the chef was played by Linda Park, um, who I was actually one of the stars of Enterprise. I've, I haven't seen Enterprise. Um, I oh, really okay. I like yeah. And okay. I'm sorry. You like that she what? Made a reference to Superman. <laughs> Because I'm a Superman fan, uh, told her son I, I think get strong like Superman. Yeah, and when mm. she cried, you know, her big eyes they just, the yeah. tears welled up, and I thought that was very effective. Yeah, she was good. I was like, oh, she's like not like a day player or anything. She must be. And I looked it up. I'm like, wow, she's got a long career, and she was like one of the stars of <laughs> Star Trek Enterprise. So that's cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I wasn't a I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, what was going on with Vampire Steve? I love Vampire Steve, and I'm I'm worried that the gag is going to be constantly like, just don't care what you're talking about, just get it done. I, I'm hoping Vampire Steve will eventually be like, hey, I deserve some respect here. I'm you know I'm helping you out. Yeah, they need to develop his character more. Yeah, um, I saw he got a haircut, so mm-hmm. uh, maybe he's not so vampirish anymore. Um, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just tech guy, Steve. Um, so Clive is uh, is done with the dummy talk, right? And then Liv says, compared to the boy toy I've been shagging, you're a regular Einstein. And then we cut to Major and Liv. Surprised. They've been Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Liv is acting like a feisty old lady. <laughs> yeah, that's – oh, gosh. <laughs> They're just they're just sleeping together because they can because yeah. it's easy. Why don't you work on being mm. the strong silent type? Watch the hip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we talked about the Lonnie Anderson and her walk out the door later. Uh, but yeah, big surprise, and um, yeah, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Liv has a. Um, a vision of the golf ball gun. They bring the staff in. They work out the million dollar will thing, and Vampire Steve realizes that the comp- you know says the combination, and Clive realizes that's a birth date of the the son. So it was the chef, but it turns yeah, out- because Mrs. Brinks she doesn't do technical stuff because what did she say? Oh god! Oh god! Everything's a bleeping and a blooping or something like I forget. <laughs> bleep it, a bleeping and a blooping and a blop it. Yeah, that was funny. I God, I my uh, another great line. I just got to repeat lines for, for, throughout the episode um, <clears throat> when they're interrogating the the uh, chauffeur. She says he gave her sex for money. You know what that makes him a whore. <laughs> just the way she just says whore. Whore. <laughs> And just a little yeah. smirk that comes out after, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was interesting that, you know, we bring up the sick kid. And uh, I thought it was interesting that they didn't quite get into the uh, – maybe they didn't have enough time. But, uh, you know, there's a there's the whole thing where sick people are getting scratched and and they become zombies, you know, that are – any sort of to save their lives. To save their lives, yeah. I mean, that kind of played a factor into the season three finale. Um, but um, oh, the season one finale too. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like in the season three finale, like Major was walking through a hospital room and, and scratching people in beds and stuff and helping out. Um, so yeah, Liv puts on a good act that they're, you know, this kid's not my problem, but yeah, you, she looks super conflicted when the chef is. Yes. That was great that you could tell the brain was wearing off. And then Mm -hmm. when Major said it, you're like, oh yeah, that's what's going on. That's why she keeps, because she kept going back and forth between looking super concerned about the child and then, you know, oh, Take her to the clink. Mm-hmm. You know, she's yeah. a she's a criminal. Take her to the clink. <laughs> so let's detour into um, the chapter I've titled The Frustrated Detective. So <clears throat> we see Clive dropping off Basio, he's tense, and then the greatest scene in the world happens. Oh he my god. Bobby for sexual advice. <laughs> Bro Coley is so funny. Everything oh he does is funny. Oh my gosh. I was so laughing so hard. It is the best scene of the episode, at least. I mean, it's just the best. Um, and uh, I got some tweets that were um, tweeted out um, during this scene. Um, Robert Buckley said, Every episode should feature a scene where Ravi and Clive discuss mutual masturbation. <laughs> Two words Emmy Gold. Take note, iZombie writers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Raul said, I blew so many takes on this scene because I lose all professionalism when I'm working with Malcolm Goodwin. So, uh-huh. <laughs> God, the oh. – like, Robbie is like in his own world when Clive walks in. He's like, oh, I don't want to – whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of busy. And then Clive's like, I need some advice, a personal matter of a sexual nature. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Robbie's face just lights up. <laughs> oh, my God. What I meant was I have all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> because he knows that this is going to embarrass uh, Malcolm. Dang it. Clive. <laughs> Clive. That's that's the name. <laughs> We've been talking about yeah. him for four years. No worries, no worries. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't think of words. Anyway, because Ravi knows that it's going to embarrass Clive, make him uncomfortable, and he uh, just loves doing this to him. Oh, and I think it's like half that. It's like half like he's got. Um, he he wants to have. He wants to learn. He's he's just like. He wants to learn so much more about what Clive. Clive is a mystery, and he wants to discover everything about Clive. True. Yes. Um, so it's like half of that, and also just like I don't know. He he just loves talking about sex, and yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> like taking separate cars to, to the, the same, same fireworks show. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and I love how Liv interrupts and gets shut out. And uh, yeah, so Ravi uh, prescribes an anti-anxiety, an SSRI. I've never really heard of that, but um, it's, well, it's this. It's not. This is not completely true. I mean, SSRIs are antidepressants, mm-hmm. and a lot of people won't take antidepressants because it, sometimes they do, and it just depends on the person. It depends on the medicine. Some take away your sex drive. Ah, okay. And it can. I mean, it can help your anxiety, but it's mostly antidepressants. SSRIs. It's like uh, is that Prozac and those Paxil and you know those very common that. ones. Yeah. Um, so Liv is all acting like passive aggressive when Clive finally goes out and uh, asks what she's got. And she's got the whole hard candy opening <laughs> slowly and then popping in her mouth. And then she says, wouldn't you rather stand in there with Robbie and talk about your genitals? <laughs> Clive says, it's a toss up. <laughs> 
so uh, my next chapter I have here is the Peacekeeper. That's talking about Major and uh, his new charges, Jordan and Captain Seattle, and they go on patrol. Uh, there's this whole thing about um, he tells them like, "Hey, you know, let's not go off the collar with these people. With you know, we're, we're they can't hurt us. You have guns. The only thing that can hurt us is uh, a headshot, and just keep your helmet on." So we have this trio of complete douches um, harassing a restaurant owner. Yeah, because this this guy, it, you know, they say his name. I can't remember what his name is, and they were like, "Don't that Al- sound like a zombie name to you?" But yeah. really, the guy's like Middle Eastern or something. And- Al Shabazz. What kind of name is that? Yeah, uh, that kind of hit a sore spot. Like, like that sounds a little bit too real, you know? That's yeah. So. Like- yeah. yeah, they're playing all these. Like last week, it was the you know only humans could be uh, clergy, and so they're you know they're they're hitting all the you know the the racism and the bigotry against religion or against uh, you know women or against mm-hmm. you know so they're hitting all the the major spots for bigotry no and yes. So Jordan, so this guy steals the steals Jordan's helmet, runs off, and Jordan um, jumps on him and beats the crap out of him. And yeah, because she's she's very high high strung anyway. She's very um, uh, emotional, angry. She's very angry. Yeah, would you expect it to kind of be the guy to Mm -hmm. be kind of angry? But he's he's not. Captain Seattle's got a cool head, Um, (laughs) uh, and he's my hero. I watched that scene a couple times, and I really did not see Jordan scratching that guy's arm. Like she like turns him over by his by his shoulders, and then he's like ah, and he says he's got a scratched arm. And I'm just gonna I'm I'm just thinking that it's probably like oh, it's something we didn't see as they were switching. It could shots. be that it could or, be that, or the guys the boys had this planned out to film this. And they were, uh, and Major and them were kind of set up. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then, but then he like pleads for his friend to shoot him. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe not. Like that theory might. Just well, happen. maybe he's, maybe he's playing it up for the camera. Maybe for the audience. Maybe. I guess we'll see. Um, okay, so let's go to the coyotes. Um, Ravi helps live. Liv breaks down. She's got she's got a little snow hat. <laughs> I was like, "What's up with that snow hat?" I don't know. I think just basically the brain wore off, and she's like, "What the hell happened to my hair?" <laughs> no, it's cold at night. Oh. Seattle's cold at night. Yeah. And so they go. They take the kid. They go to the quarantine zone checkpoint, and there's Major. And of course. Uh, he looks pissed, um, mm-hmm. but he lets them through. And oh, um, because he's a loyal friend. I because that's s- the problem with Major. He's loyal, and he's he uh, he is his loyalties are being tested. Mm-hmm. He's caught between Fillmore Graves and Liv and Ravi, his friends. Yep. And uh, I'm just wondering. I mean, there was this right, you know, when they picked the kid up, Ravi carried the child to the car. On yeah. His arms, and I'm just wondering if like. Oh yeah, that was hot. (laughs) (laughs) I I do follow his girlfriend on Twitter, and she was a fan of it. So (laughs) yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we go to this laundromat, 
And uh, who's who's the who's the person we're supposed to be? Who's Renegade? Uh, it turns out to be uh, this lady. And yeah, the the least threatening person in the room. <laughs> yep, she calls herself Mama Leone. <laughs> Billy Joel. I had to look up the song. I remembered. I remembered the lyric, but uh, the song is "Moving Out." Anthem oh, I song. love that song. Yeah, played by Don Lewis, who was actually one of the stars of A Different World. Oh, I knew yeah. she looked familiar, but I had no idea. Was she a teacher or no, was she a no, student? She was like Denise's like best friend or roommate or something. Oh, it was Jalisa. Um, yeah, wow. I remember watching that back in the day. It's a different world from where you come from. I, I actually read that uh, she um, uh, helped uh, write that song, the, the theme song. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Interesting We have this new world kind of set up here We have, I'm assuming they're humans Still, I don't know (laughs) You know (laughs) Uh, And uh, they are Smuggling people out And uh, apparently in as well Um, And it's interesting Mama Leone says um, I know who they are And she says, you're Liv Moore and you're Ravi Chakrabarty Yeah, because Liv was like, have we met before? Oh yeah, but you don't yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe she's going to end up being um, somebody from Max Rager or the boat party or something like that. Or maybe she it was just that she did she did her research hmm. and she knew who was coming and she's just that was just saying that she was like up on things. Yeah. She was very smart. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, Liv was on the cover of that <laughs> newspaper, so I don't know, maybe. But still, she knew Ravi as well, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe she worked at that newspaper because it was Ravi's interview. I don't know. We'll find out, I'm sure. Uh, and there is money to get you know get this kid across the border, but she assures them it's to buy off you know these greedy people that do it for them. To, yeah, yeah. Know. She was basically these are the good guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing this out of you know. Uh, the goodness of their heart mm-hmm. They're not profiting from it So we can trust them Yeah, I mean they do seem like the group The one group here that uh, that We can trust the most, I mean besides yeah. Maybe the Seattle PD Yeah, so I feel like they were like wrapping up this story Saying the kid is going to get To Los Angeles fine, going to get his Surgery and everything's going to be great mm-hmm. our, our, That Liv and Ravi Did this good thing And story over there is a funny part where they try to trick Ravi into climbing into a dryer, and she, apparently Mama Leone made that made like a side bet with the kid. Uh, that was really funny because <laughs> Ravi was all into his like this is some, some like some James Bond stuff going on here, you know. <laughs> and uh, I like when he realized that he was the butt of the joke. How he uh, he did some kind of gesture to his uh, his wrists. His what am I trying to say? His uh, like his like he was straightening his. Sleeves, sleeves or something Yeah, yeah. So there funny is a, There is a scene um, I, I think I know what he's referencing um, At the beginning of Because uh, I, I, I do love me some James Bond The beginning of the movie uh, Living Daylights um, They do smuggle somebody Using like a torpedo shell <laughs> Like they just like kind of Torpedo them through a pipeline Underneath the border To get them across the border And oh. Yeah, and it's like a safe passage, but it's really tight. So, like, I don't know if he's thinking that he's going to climb through some sort of weird passageway, uh, <laughs> James Bond style, or what? Get shot shot across Seattle border. I don't know. Anyway, so 
just when you thought everything was okay, Liv and Major break up. <laughs> mm. And I'm going to say this right now. This is – I don't – I'm not a fan of how this was handled because they should have at least set up Liv and Major last week because this seems kind of like a – I don't know, like a little bit cheap. This kind of a punch in the in the heart, in the gut. I don't know what you want to call it because it's like, oh my god, they're together. Like – at the beginning of the episode, and not even the beginning, like 15 minutes into the episode, and then like right before the episode's over, oh, and they're done. <laughs> well, but they're not. They're just kind of friends with benefits. Yeah. It's not – they're not really dating. They're not in a relationship. Uh-huh. So <sighs> to me, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. Living major, OTP, you know, they're, <laughs> they're supposed to be together. So uh, – makes me sad but they are awesome characters the both of them and i always seem to be okay with you know any other relationship they get into there are a lot of drake fans i've discovered <laughs> on, on uh, twitter and on tv time but I, I i think drake was my least favorite but i liked i liked to uh, live live with lol i liked uh, major with natalie um and uh justin was pretty cool too so, you know, they get paired up with somebody else. I guess I won't be too upset, but they have to get together in the end. That just has to happen. Okay. All right? They I agree. The, they did the 16 candles thing in the pilot. It has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Major's caught between worlds, like you said, and and but Liv's really calling him out on, you know, hey, my, the Major I knew would have stuck by a sick child, you know? And uh, Major's like, hey, you you think you're the only good zombie. Which I see what he's saying. Yeah. She, he has a point. Mm. Uh, all right. So, uh, are, I mean, I know I'm not done with Living Major. I'm hoping that they get together in the end. But do you, th- like, I do have, I do have, uh, I, uh, I, I do know how to speak. I, I've read some reactions <laughs> online like, that's it. I'm done with these guys. They're, they shouldn't be together. I'm, I'm sick and tired of Living Major. You know, there have been plenty of shows where the will they, won't they couple, you just get sick and tired of the will they, won't they, and you're just done with them um, as mm-hmm. a couple. Are you, are you done or do you have hope? Oh, I have hope. Yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, I just feel like that, that's not the most important thing. Yeah, that's true. It's way down on my priorities list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess I'd rather not see like scenes and scenes of them just... I don't know. I like. I like. You just don't want together. to see them fighting. Yeah, I don't want to see them fighting. I just want to see them yeah. making breakfast and you know having yeah. you know fun, funny brain interactions. You know, making Robbie feel uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> all right. So, did you have anything else to say about this episode? I mean, we have plenty of no, feedback. No. Yeah, like I didn't care about the who killed the lady. The lady was awful, but live as the that you know. So funny, mm-hmm. and the little boy at the end when they took him out of the laundromat. And, I mean, that that was very. Uh, I was very emotional. That affected me a lot. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it was great. Cool. Yeah, um, I'm. I kind of don't want any sort of a hole brains for Liv to be eating for at least. A yeah, few it looks like next week will be fun. Yeah, yeah. next week's will be fun. Yeah, we'll which this was that. fun, but yeah, you know, we don't want any more negativity. We I want- don't want, yeah, I don't want her to treat poor Clive badly anymore. <laughs> 
this was a great living Clive episode for sure. I, I that's that's it was great living Clive episode three quarters of the way, and then a great living Robbie episode at the end. Yeah. So, all right. So we should get into some feedback before we go. Uh, just wanted to give it a reminder to check out the app from our friends at TV Time. Um, go to tvtime.com for more details. And I want to thank um, everybody that uh, is listening through the app. I mean, I do go back into earlier episodes of I Zombie, and I see. Our episodes have been posted there, and there have been people that you know leave a comment like, "Hey, you know." Uh, so, um, just want to say thanks for listening. Um, if you're new to the show, as a result, so um, as we're doing uh, now, we're collecting comments from TV Time to fill out our feedback section a little bit. So, why don't you read some of the folks uh, at TV Time? What do they, what do they have to say? Lady G says, just when I get happy seeing Major and Liv together again, the writers play with my heart and break them up again. Major and Liv are actually a good couple. They don't deserve their storyline to be played with. And Damon says, Clive has the patience of a saint. (laughs) I mean, that's true. Like, she tests his patience every episode. Okay, Clive has the patience of a saint for dealing with Liv for this long. Derek says, can't wait to see what the payoff is for this crazy zombie church. Yes. And Lexion says, nothing but respect for my president, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is so dead on. She looks a lot <laughs> like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> See, this makes me, this makes me worry about growing older. <laughs> I don't want to have helmet hair. Uh. I mean, and look like every other 60-year-old woman, you know? <laughs> All right. This is some email feedback. Uh, this is from Efrex. Hey, Robin and Seth. So good to hear you guys together again. I'm still a little bit concerned about how many plot elements the writers have to juggle in this season. When you've got so many different storylines and concepts to sort through, you've got to make some conscious decisions about which ones need to get dropped in any given episode. And I'm not sure the writers are always choosing wisely, at least for my taste. Two episodes in, and I really don't have a sense for how New Seattle interacts with the rest of the country. Cities rely on outside suppliers to survive, and it seems like lots of businesses are still functioning, which means that, at the very least, goods and services are still being exchanged across the wall, even if people aren't. How are pharmacies, restaurants, and golf resorts functioning in this new reality? But there's no provision for emergency evacuation of a human child for life-saving surgery? Yeah, totally. I, I hear that. Yeah. I'm hoping we get some more uh, on that. We got kind of a, ch- a chit-chat at Romero's with <laughs> Mayor Barakis, and that was about it. Um, all right. Uh, for the second straight episode, the brain of the week really just functioned as co- comic relief, with Liv's own personality hardly even making an appearance. And even that seemed pretty stale, since I feel like we saw most of this personality type in grumpy old Liv. The live major on again, off again thing probably could have been mostly cut and a bit more time given to Clive and Dale, who are quite frankly the more interesting couple at this point. Ooh. Mm. On the plus side, the Angus Church plot is looking more interesting, and that little zombie girl needs to get a lot more screen time. I'm guessing we're going to see a real crisis for Major once the video of Jordan scratching the punk comes out and Chase wants to crack down on her. That should get really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, from Facebook, Marissa and C- 
from Facebook. <laughs> Marissa in DC says New Seattle looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket with the zombie ROTC failure and Angus's human killing cult as the catalyst for future mayhem. I'm still interested in where they're taking the story, but I hope things don't get too grim. A big part of why I love this show is for its humor. I agree. Like it's 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 delightful on one hand mm-hmm. and then it's dark uh, and you know just icky uh, yeah. but i kind of like i kind of like the balance that they have it's just a little dark with what a Angus lot is of doing here silly is like, fun. it does kind of remind me a bit of like sebastian for season one how crazy he was and you know and we got some bloody uh results from him um but yeah, this is I don't know if Angus is gonna be the big bad and you know, it's gonna be like um <laughs> he's gonna be like uh, I'm all of a sudden thinking about Game of Thrones and the sparrows, you know? And like what is Liv gonna have to cut her hair and like <laughs> swear swear allegiance to uh uh God that is uh Blaine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> mm. All right, so Dave St. Uh, oh yeah, there was no Blaine in this episode. No, or Peyton. Or Peyton. Sorry, Frank. What? Dave says number one, Liv's brain recipes are back. Missed that in episode one. Actually, there was a brain. Yeah, there was the hot wings, the hot yeah. brain. Yeah, you know. Da, 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 da. All right, um, missed that in episode one. While this episode is fine, I really did not buy into Liv in this personality as much as some of the others Rose has pulled off. And number two, good to see Vampire Steve again. Number three, I was excited to see Liv and Major together again just to have that dash to pieces. I've never seen a couple be more on again, off again. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm getting tired of the yo-yo relationship of these two. Yeah, uh, Dave, come watch Smallville with us. Uh, we don't want to <laughs> the podcast and the couple is Clark and Lana. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Number four, the Clive and Basio relationship is something that I imagine a lot of folks are struggling with, this new Seattle zombie-human dynamic. This is my new favorite couple. <laughs> That's cool. Everybody's loving the Bazano. All right. Uh, number five, I am most intrigued with what Angus is planning. I'm wondering if he's still in his crazed mindset or just playing along and building his following. Wearing the robes with the blood splatter is a nice touch. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Dave. Uh, I read Pete. Um, mm-hmm. Loved everything about this episode apart from the Angus story. Not sure if it's simply due to it being he who must not be named. Or I'm just not liking the idea of the prophet. Likely a bit of both. But I'd – I would uh, – but I'd – excuse me. But I'd quite happily have the entire plot removed from the rest of the series I know it's early days, so hopefully I'll enjoy it more later. The live brain was loads of fun, though. It might be because it seems, like you said, a different show. It's, yeah. It needs to be integrated into the rest of the show better. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I expect it to be. I enjoy I think he's doing a fantastic, like, the performance is great. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in it, even though, like I said, usually I don't ugh. Like, are you making fun of religious people or, you know? So. Yeah, I'm. I'm just hoping we get some sort of interaction either from Blaine and him or mm-hmm. from Liv and him. One of the two. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even chasing him, somebody, somebody from uh, <laughs> from the rest of the cast interact with uh, what's going on with Angus. 
Um, okay, Nutty says, I feel like this brain had a much stronger hold on Liv for such a small amount that she ate. There was very little Liv in there at all. She had to wait for the brain to wear off before she could care about the kid? I find that hard to believe. Uh, I think she was putting on an act for Clive, Nutty. Um, because she was looking a little stressed about the kid during the interrogation scene. Anyway. Oh, I took that as it, the brain was wearing off. She was going back and forth. Yeah, same here. Or she could have been. She could have been... She did. She wouldn't want anybody uh, with the police to know that she was thinking about That's what taking thinking. the kid to the to the spot. Because you know, I didn't even catch it on my first first go round. But if you watch Liv during that interrogation, she's looking like very um, upset, upset, very dis. The and then it's yeah. jarring when she tells Clive, "Like, I'll oh, take her to the clink." Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, you're right. I think she was just playing it up to to throw Clive off of the idea that she might feel bad for this kid and want to take want to follow through with this taking him to the coyote. Speaking of, uh, she continues. I have a feeling we will meet up with the coyote again, and I hope so. Uh, The checkpoint that was a tense scene. Major and Liv broke up because really they were looking for an excuse. Major isn't who he was when he was engaged to Liv, and she isn't the person she was either, zombie stuff aside. They each changed, but not together. As much as I love them together, I'd rather they found someone better for them. You can love someone and not be with them. <laughs> and and uh, Rose's makeup looked really pretty. She had on that peach t-shirt, and her peach makeup looked really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Clive and Basio will be an interesting relationship. I love how much each care and are willing to try. Unlike Liv and Major, who just broke up when they were they weren't being zo- they weren't both zombies. I feel bad for the kids working for Major. I predict more badness to come. Yeah, thanks, Nettie. Uh, Michael R's feedback. I really enjoyed this episode and the season opener. I'm just happy seeing the whole gang again. Hopefully, we will start seeing more Peyton soon. <laughs> Is it just me or or are the personalities live absorbs becoming stronger? It seems like way back in season one, she just took a few traits. And now the show, the show has gone along. She excuse me. And <laughs> as the show has gone along, she becomes the brain more and more. Now, in season four, she really does become a totally different person. I personally like a bit more of a middle ground. Have a great week. Keep up the great podcasting. Thanks, Thanks, Michael. Michael. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's it kind of goes back and forth with, with what's funnier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, unfortunately, you know, but I think it, I don't know. It could be frustrating at times, but most of the time I'm laughing my butt off. So I don't know. Uh, d- definitely two like grumpy, racist, jerky brains in a row might have said a few people. I mean, I know it definitely. I mean, I was looking forward to this episode, but then when it got started, I was like, oh, that's right. She's going to be kind of a jerk this episode. And do you mean Clive yeah. all the time? It's good. Yeah, I just, I just off. focused on, oh my gosh, Rose McIvory is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> she is so funny. All right. That's all the feedback we have. Um, Thank you very much, everybody, for getting back to us about the episode. Um, let's talk about uh, next time on iZombie. Uh, well, I, first, I'll play you a trailer. Here we go. Monday. Most of the victim's brain is missing. What do you mean missing? Someone tried to steal the whole kid and caboodle. A hungry zombie is nobody's friend. This has to last me a week. All right. You're hungry and you haven't even started. But a love-struck victim? Love always finds a way. Human zombie night at the scratching post is only once a week. Can certainly lift her mood. 
And just like that, she lives another day. I, Zombie. All new Monday at 9, 8 central on The CW. That is the uh, promo for the next episode, episode uh, season four, uh, episode three, Brainless in Seattle, part one. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to read you the description here. Love is a mender- love is a many splendored thing. Part one. Love is in the air after Liv eats the brains of a hopeless romantic, and she can't stop herself from meddling in Clive's relationship. <laughs> I can't wait. Major and Liv continue to try to work through their differences. Meanwhile, Blaine is approached with an interesting offer. Um, and uh, Michael Whale directed, written by Heather V. Renier, who is another uh, new writer uh, this season. She's writing both parts, I believe. And uh, yeah, this is uh, our the interview with Bob Dearden. He says this is definitely a, a highlight of the season, this two-parter. So I can't wait. What did you think of the promo? What did I think of the promo? It was great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it looks fun. It looks yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, cool. So we'll be back uh, next week to talk about that. I think uh, because of your work schedule, we might be a day later on the live show, uh, if I remember our calendar correctly, or I could be wrong. Just stay tuned to my our vacation. Show. Oh, your vacation? Yeah, I'm on vacation right now. 11 days. What, what? Oh, wow. Well, well, maybe I'll be here with somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we should probably wrap this up. Uh, I actually need to get back to the country club. The country club? I, I had no idea you golfed. Of course. It's the only place where I can walk around in my fam- my favorite outfit. What are you putting on? Wait, is that a suit of armor? Uh, who wears a suit of armor to a golf course? Oh, only those who play the game with chivalry and honor. Steph. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Um, bye. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week on the Zombie Podcast. <laughs> Hold on, my arm is here. Oh. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robinero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net. Slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, a friend of the show, Cheyenne, contributes with photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombieLove. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!